Good afternoon, it's Mike Banner, and we're here for another episode of 62 Who Knew here at the beautiful studios in Newport, Ritchie, Florida, and here we go again. You know, I was prepared to have another topic this week uh, because two weeks in a row we discussed the relevance or the relationship between long-term care insurance and equity in your home. In other words, reverse mortgages. And in the two weeks that we did that, where we changed the format of the show to having a panel of speakers, uh, we had record viewership for our show, uh, between 55,000 and 80,000 viewers the last two weeks tuned in to listen to our panel of experts talk about the relationship of these two great industries, or should I be more uh, exact and say the lack of relationship in these two great industries, reverse mortgages and long-term care insurance, who are serving almost the exact demographic. Why haven't these industries got together and done a better job at this? Well, they are, and it's starting right here. So I was prepared to go to a different topic this week, but quite frankly, an article came out in the Washington Post uh, just a few days ago. I don't know. I, I know I sent it to you, John. I don't know if you want to bring it up, but we could do that later. Uh, and the uh, article is aptly titled, The Home Stretch, Accessing accessing home value to fund long-term care um, and is right on point and even brings up some incredible statistics that took me by surprise. So instead of changing topics, we're going to go right back into this. Uh, only two-thirds of our panel are here. Uh, One-third of our panel was very busy and couldn't make it um, before we bring them on. But the two-thirds that are here are two of the best, Mr. Bill Comfort, uh, the number one instructor of the Certified Long-Term Care Insurance uh, designation and President of Comfort Long-Term Care Insurance, widely known uh, throughout the country as one of the voices of long-term care insurance. And of course, Mr. Stephen Sless, one of our favorite guests, who is a national reverse mortgage expert. And to my knowledge, we'll ask him when he comes on, the only reverse mortgage expert in the country that actually took the time to take the CLTV, this LTC, LTCI certification, and he doesn't even have an insurance license. Yet he went, sat through a class with Bill Comfort, and uh, learned all about uh, long-term care insurance. Uh, so we're going to bring them up right now. But as oh, we're not going to bring them. Well, we brought them up right now anyway. I said that too quick. We'll skip the normal, who knew at 62 you had 30 years to live. Most people are watching that already know that. So uh, thank you to all our new viewers and our past viewers that have given us uh, record-breaking viewership the last two weeks. And I owe that, I'm sure, to, to you two. And Peter Gelbwax is not with us tonight. And Mark Goldberg. But um, talk about great timing, huh? With this article, we're trying to bring this very message to our two industries. And here are three relatively young authors. Did you see their pictures? Yeah, these people are yeah. as, as close to long-term care. You know, I'm, I'm not going to make an analogy because it'll be improper. Most of my analogies, I'm being told, can somehow uh, come across uh, as improper. But they certainly have their expertise. Two are actually from Australia, and one is from America. I contacted Mr. Robert Eaton Talk about a coincidence to see if he'd like to be on the show. Yes, he would. And he lives in Clearwater, Florida. 
what are the odds on that? Right. So we're having breakfast on Wednesday, um, and we'll see. But what a great article. A uh, few things stood out to me, but um, Stephen and Bill, welcome back. Thank you for, for being here again. It's a Thanks, privilege Michael. to be back. Appreciate you having yeah. me back on. All right. And before we actually get into this article, have you two had any, um, I won't say repercussions, but direct results? I know you're putting it out. I know, Stephen, you're using your media team to cut it a lot up into little snippets and get it out there. I don't know if that's complete yet. But have you had any, um, you know, comments um, for what we've done the last couple of weeks? Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, you know, my, a lot of my peers in the industry have reached out uh, and, and have taken note of us kind of being on the forefront of bringing this education to light. I think it's been long overdue. What's what's ironic is I gave a presentation at the NERMLA conference, the National Reverse Mortgage Lender Association conference, back in the summer. And then again, just recently last month, where I brought up how our industries, the long-term care industry and the reverse mortgage industry need to come together and then, Michael, you've really taken taken the ball and run with it. And I, I think that time is now. Uh, so a lot of my peers have reached out to me to congratulate me to be uh, being a part of this initiative. Uh, and they're excited to do the same. They're excited to take the same course that I took to become certified in long-term care to really make it a part of their business plan moving forward in 2021 and beyond. Right, and before I ask Bill the same question, I'm going to put you on the spot, Stephen. hate to do this. I've never done this to you, but I'm doing it now. Are you ready? Let's see. Let's, who's, let's see who's really the father. No, no, that's Maury Povich. I'm sorry. Here's my question <laughs> for you. <laughs> Are you really the father of this? Um, what was Nirmala's reaction? I, 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 I asked this question with total, you know, I, I asked the question not knowing your answer. What was not the people, not the people attending, because I know this was virtual, but as an industry, what was Nerma's, rea Nerma's reaction to joining these two forces? Or why? You know, as, as a trade association, and, and Mike, we, you, you and I have had extensive conversations about this. I think uh, as a trade association, Nermla, uh, again, National Reverse Mortgage Lender Association, uh, probably should, in retrospect, should have done a better job of being out on the forefront of this a lot sooner. But, you know, that time again is now. I, I think I was pleasantly surprised to uh, have them welcome this idea with open arms. And they know that I'm out and about and discussing it on shows like this about marrying our two industries and coming together for really the betterment of the clients that we work with. Uh, they're behind it 100%, I think. And, it, you know, going back five, 10 years ago, we couldn't have said that about Nermo before. That's true. And I'm so glad to hear that. Bill, what are your peers saying about what we're doing? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And it's interesting how both the discussions that we're having and the interest in the programs these last two weeks um, as well as the article that you've highlighted and we're going to touch on a little bit tonight, just the timing of a lot of these things um, have been just fortuitous. Uh, what I'm hearing from my peers, so other long-term care specialists and also folks a little more broadly in, in financial planning and financial services, is kind of twofold. It's about time. In other words, for this intersection to happen, and but then also almost in the same breath saying, you know, 
every time I've ever brought up a reverse mortgage or talked to anybody about it in whatever context from the insurance financial services engagement with clients is it's dismissed. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like the idea or they don't understand it. But that's really the point. It's time for a new look at new understanding of not only what a reverse mortgage is due and the flexibility as a financial tool, and that's been happening a bit on the academic side uh, for a year or two. Yes. But practically planning with clients, it's time that agents and advisors learn about reverse mortgages and, as Steve has said, uh, vice versa, because there's in some ways an equal amount of misunderstanding or dismissal of long-term care insurance as a needed product for retirement. Um, so, I mean, the message is, man, this is great timing. Where do we go? How do we do it? What are mm -hmm. the things that need to be understood? And that's what we're hoping to develop a little further tonight, too. I know, Steve, you must get that same feeling I do. In fact, um, you know, one of the people who, who's not here tonight, but one of our closest friends and friends of 62 who knew, you know, Mark Goldberg, who was on last week, you know, said to me, Michael, I brought it up three times. I, I know he copied you, too. I brought it up, well, three times um, when they couldn't afford what I was showing them. Why don't we consider a reverse mortgage? And they not only said no, but they dismissed it. No, I don't want one of those. And although it is not Mark's position, and I don't blame him to keep pushing, he's, that's not what he's there for. He's not a mortgage person. Um, but I guarantee you, if Stephen or I said to those people, may I ask, why did you have such an emotional reaction? The result, Stephen, would have been, because you'll take my home and my children won't get anything. And it, it, it can't be. You know, I know when I hear people go, no, um, it just it, you know, it makes my blood boil. And I would add to that, Michael, I think to Bill's point, the same goes the other way around, yes. right? When we've brought up long-term care insurance to clients, the first reaction you get is, what? no way, that's too expensive. I can't afford that. Uh, when I bring up, hey, working with a financial advisor, do you work with a financial Well, no, I can't afford working with a financial advisor. And so breaking down these misconceptions uh, and, and delivering education through platforms like this, I think are needed. And I think when both the long-term care industry and reverse mortgage industry really come together, not to sell products, not to sell more reverse mortgages, but for the betterment of the consumer. Retirement is very different today than it ever has been before, and so too is the way we need to look at funding retirement. Yes. And there's a lot of advanced uh, planning strategies that can be opened up with long-term care insurance, with reverse mortgages, but I would say the advisors and the clients, it, it, it does take having an open mindset. And if a, if a client can come to a TV show like this or look at an article that was uh, in the paper the other day and realize that these are real planning strategies that folks across the country are taking, and, and we can back the, what we try to do is back it up with numbers. Look, there's, I, I can pinpoint to the zip code how many of your neighbors have a reverse mortgage. These, there's a lot of folks taking out a reverse mortgage right now, and I know Bill can do the same with long-term care insurance. These products are being used. They're being used very strategically and very proactively to create a better retirement. Uh, they're, not, they're, they're not the loans of last resort they once were, and they're not that 
expensive insurance product that is, is, can only be uh, sought after by the wealthy. Right. Right. And, and I think, you know, Michael, you've, you know, through your research and, and the development of this program, your viewers and folks who watch this on replay are, are more sophisticated than just, oh, this is all about, you know, uh, an easy sale or whatever. It's mm -hmm. not. Right. I, we're not. I'm not suggesting, nor is Stephen, and, and I know that's not the agenda. We're not suggesting this is the answer or the best answer or a new answer that everybody should do using a reverse mortgage to fund long-term care insurance or to help with that or whatever. It's a tool. The insurance product's a tool to help you fund and overcome deficits in paying for care you can't do on your own. Reverse mortgages are a tool to unlock home equity. I, I love that idea of unlocking home equity that otherwise is, is illiquid to use for so many possibilities. So we're not here to say this is the greatest, newest yeah. thing and everybody needs to do it. That's we good. are here saying everyone who has a stake in planning for retirement, whether it's for yourself or it's for your clients, must now advance their knowledge, not only in long-term care insurance in new ways and reverse mortgages in new ways, but there's an opportunity where the two together can create significant uh, financial advantage for families. No doubt about that. And like, I, you know, like we've been talking about for more than a decade now, and that, uh, that amazes me that it's more than a decade. Um, I still think that the, the part of the world, I'm sorry, I'm getting too big, the part of the country that never could afford long-term care insurance, it's, it's not even in their sphere. It's near because that's just it. We're not those people. They don't realize that there is a tool, and it's not for everyone, but there is a platform or a vehicle like a, like a reverse mortgage that, yes, you can have that coverage. It's not just your rich cousin. It's you. You can have the same coverage. Um, and that's what's exciting to me, is getting it to that new demographic. And, and you know, that's one, of those, that's one of those conventional wisdoms, that it's only for wealthy people, or you have to have X amount of money, or I couldn't possibly afford it. Um, that's wrong, Yes. A. Uh, and some of it is because people aren't designing, clients and agents are not designing the coverage properly. But it's, it's interesting because it's also a convenient belief. Yes. It's a mistaken belief, but it's convenient because it lets people let themselves off the hook. It's wrong, but it fits into, you know, consumer biases about mm -hmm. things. Um, so, you know, these are some of the things that, that need to change. And it's interesting. I think for many people, that group, Michael, that you're talking about, that you're advocating for, that have home equity, that need long-term care insurance, but have always thought or felt, even looked at the coverage and decided it was too expensive, if it helps them buy it, not that it necessarily pays for it 100% itself, but if it helps them buy it, and I think this is a key idea, 
and, and Stephen, you know, some of your examples about how reverse mortgages play into lifestyle as well. But what if you could afford the insurance without having to compromise lifestyle or even long-term financial security? I think that's what a lot of people, that's the bottom line for them, you know. I think, I think in general, people have a misconception about what long-term care insurance is and what a reverse mortgage is. In, in our industry, people st the general idea of a reverse mortgage is cashing out the equity in your home and, and taking out this big lump sum of cash. We very, very seldom advise that as a, as a way to structure a reverse mortgage. Moreover, it is tailoring a reverse mortgage as a line of credit tailoring it as a uh, lifetime check that is sent to you every month or a term payment that's set, sent to you over a select period of years. That is a more strategic way to leverage what is, in most cases, your largest asset. But the idea, the notion that if you do a reverse mortgage, you're going to take out all of your equity and then leave a, a, a smaller legacy to your loved ones simply isn't the case, right? Let's say you do nothing, but then you need care. And Bill, I know you can speak uh, more broadly about the cost of that care, but you could wind up depleting your entire portfolio and really leave nothing to your kids. Instead, look at ways that you can, again, preserve your lifestyle, uh, but also preserve your other accounts by using what is in most cases a lower growth potential asset in the home. And if you have a, a, a portfolio that's making you money at a rate of six, seven, eight, nine, whatever percentage, that is more than your home is making you year over year. And so using the home very strategically uh, and very methodically and really understanding, one, you got to understand the cost of care, but then all of these different products that are out there. There's hybrid products. There's uh, products that involve life insurance and long-term care. And then look at different ways to design the reverse mortgage because you'll be surprised. And what you're going to find is oftentimes you can afford some sort of level of long-term care and you can pay for it by designing your reverse mortgage in the proper way. And it's again, not a zero sum. It's not a zero sum calculation that right. you're gonna kind of lose the house, lose your home equity, but you got long-term care insurance and you may never use it or it's expensive or, or whatever. Again, that's a simple, that's an oversimplification that many people, I'm surprised at how many sophisticated financial advisors buy into, step into, or kind of cheat intellectually with that type of a shorthand. It, it's easy to dismiss an idea you don't want to think about, but it's not really developing the planning strategies. So it's interesting, you know, I think the leading edge of the baby boomers is 74. The trailing edge is 57. So the majority of the baby boomers are 62 to 70, you know, plus a little bit older. Those are still good key buying ages for long-term care insurance if you're healthy. They are certainly at 62 fully in the reverse mortgage eligibility age range. And this whole idea that we hear from folks, well, I don't want to tap the home equity. Or I don't want to use the home equity because then I can't leave it to the kids. In another context, you'll like if it's just looking at long-term care insurance separately, I have boomer clients tell me 
I don't want to buy long-term care insurance. I don't need to because we don't plan to leave the kids any money, especially if we need care. We'll just spend our own money on us. We've told them, don't expect an inheritance. Now, they don't hate their kids. They're just being realistic that they could, if maybe not will, have to spend the money themselves. Okay, let's play that out. How does it work? But just, just to start here, isn't it interesting how some people of one breath will say, oh, well, I don't want to compromise or risk the equity in the house. And then in the next breath, we'll say, well, yeah, but we're not planning to leave any money to the kids anyway, so we'll just exactly. spend it on ourselves. Yeah. And Sometimes it, these things are uh, they don't know, match. irreconcilable once you really begin to have what I like to call a, a grown-up conversation about the subject. Yeah. The, before we get to some statistics, and they cover that, a little of that in this article. It's a very, usually I pick apart articles about long-term care insurance or reverse mortgages. This was very, very well written, and I hope one or, or two or three of them can come on with, with you guys uh, to the show in the next 30 days. Uh, but they do bring up that this, you know, long-term care insurance and reverse mortgages are emotional to people. I think, you know, um, you hit it on the head when you said, Bill, that continuing these, this misinformation is the most convenient. Now I don't want a reverse mortgage. Yeah, they're going to take my house. No, no, they're not. May I explain it? No, no, really, I don't want it. How about long-term care insurance? It's it's way too expensive. But but it's not. May I tell? Yeah, it's not really something I'm interested in. You're right. It's a convenient way to remain ignorant, but on two very emotional subjects: their home and their health. And nobody wants right. to talk about it. Yeah. So I want to bring up a, a, a statistic that I was, you know, surprised at. And then, of course, Bill, you came back with another statistic, which really flipped me out. Uh, and again, I'm not as much into statistics as many people are, because I think depending on your source, that's how you know accurate your statistics are. In fact, 86.5% uh, of statistics are actually made up. Uh, I know that because I just, I just made that one up. Um, so there, there's the proof of that. Um, but according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, 47% of men and 58% of women who recently turned 65 will need some form of long-care uh, insurance, will have some sort of a long-term care event, and they will need to be covered for approximately one to two years. And Bill, you always come out with that unique perspective, which is, Michael, that's sometimes a hurtful statistic because many people go, well, one, one and a half years, I can handle that. I mean, why is everybody so scared? Why should I pay you know, uh, premiums on a long-term care insurance? Would you please tell them the next statistic, Bill, what happens after that first time? Right. So, yeah, it, it, that's a that was, that's a great setup. Um, it, it averages or these statistics are important because they can inform us. They can help us. They can guide us, but they can also mislead us. The average length of care, year and a half, two years, whatever. Well, that's fine. But that average includes people who are in a nursing home for 20 or 30 days getting physical therapy after their hip replacement, and then they're literally back on their feet back home and independent. So the 30-day rehab stay 
averages that long-term care need number down. Um, if you look at just custodial care, ongoing help with things like bathing and dressing, for example, just being safe, getting around the house physically, or supervision for cognitive, mental limitations. We think of Alzheimer's, dementia, could mm -hmm. be a head injury. Um, if you just look at those things, the average jumps to about two and a half years for men, close to four years for women. And here's, I think, the most telling statistic. Using some of these same data sets from the government, once a person has needed care for at least one year, so the claims or the need for care that gets to a year, at that point, the average jumps to five years or more. So when somebody says, well, I could afford a year or two, okay, could you afford four or five? Because if you need care for a year, the average jumps up dramatically because we're you know, taking the short-term stuff kind of out of the calculation. And, and that's where we need to be careful. Well, isn't it, aren't there fewer and fewer people percentage-wise? Yeah, but you know what? You can't measure that. Are you going to need care for uh, six months or five years? Michael, you know, you and I have talked about this several times. It's going to be one or the other. That's right. And the one that's devastating, if you haven't planned for it, uh, you know, that, that's, that's where, where the consequences come in. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my little statistical uh, lesson yeah, that, related to this. That second statistic of it can last four to five years after the first 12 months, that takes away that average person going, I can handle a year. What's the big deal? Right. But can, and right. they may be able to handle four or five years. The point is they also may have no savings left after that four or five right. years. Yeah, how do you define handling it? Stephen, your input on that? Because I have a couple of things for you right now. You know, I, I think over the past, so, so Bill mentioned uh, the back, uh, the, the baby boomers that are kind of making their way of age right now to uh, baby boomer status are, you know, in, in their late 50s turning young 60s. And I think over the past 10, 12 years, I think we've all, but especially them, uh, they've been spoiled by this hot stock market and they've seen their investments grow and they've seen their portfolio grow. And I think there's a lot of overconfidence in the markets out there. Uh, I remember back to when I got in the reverse mortgage business and the economy wasn't so great. I got in the reverse mortgage business in the middle of an economic downturn. Uh, with a product that was far inferior than it is today. Uh, and, and those people are going to have a big shock when the market shifts. That's I'm not saying it's going to. God, I, I pray it doesn't. But it could. And if it does, then what? You, you, so being proactive instead of reactive, I think, in, in planning, of course, is important. Understanding that regardless of how many assets you have and what your rate of return is on those assets, it's likely that if you are in your 60s or 70s or even 50s still, the bulk of your net worth lies within your home equity. Just understand what options you have. I'm not saying do a reverse mortgage or a home equity line. I'm not saying buy long-term care insurance, but be proactive and understand what these options are. You know, we're going to get to a place one day where the market's not doing as well as it is now. 
Uh, I hope that is a long time away, but it may not be. And so having a plan in place and setting up a reverse mortgage line of credit gives you locked in protection. Uh, there's a guaranteed growth rate on a reverse mortgage line of credit that guarantees, irregardless of housing values, irregardless of the stock market, you will make a growth on your line of credit. You are guaranteed to grow that line of credit each and every year. You're also guaranteed, because these are federally insured uh, reverse mortgages, that your line of credit can never be frozen, suspended, or called due in the event of an economic downturn. Think back again, 08, 09, if you had a line of credit in place, what happened? It's likely that your bank either called it due, froze it, or suspended it. Uh, even when COVID first uh, hit, there was a lot of big lending institutions. JP Morgan Chase was one, Wells Fargo is another one. They froze all home equity lines of credit. You couldn't access your line of credit. There was folks that had a $100,000 line of credit and, and still yeah. to this day may not have access to it. That can't happen with a reverse mortgage. And so even if you don't necessarily use a reverse mortgage right here and now, maybe you have the funds to pay for, to self-pay either for care or for a long-term care policy, taking out a reverse mortgage as a backup, as an insurance policy, uh, is it could be very, very beneficial, but you have to be educated and you have to really understand that there are a lot of options out there for you. Yep. And then, of course, the factor, and I'm going to get to one. There's three statistics here that if you and I were not in the reverse mortgage business, if we were coming from a country, and there's not many countries that don't have reverse mortgages. A lot of people don't realize that. Canada has the equity release. Uh, Australia, um, we, they, you know, the Mideast, the Far East, all have their own versions. Ours is the best. I'm not saying that because we're sitting here. It simply is the best. But let's also not forget that regard, I mean, you hear the horror stories, um, you know, of I owed more on my house than it's worth. Uh, please explain to people, because, again, I'm not going to do it because it seems a little self-serving to me. How does it affect your estate? I'm loading the question, I know, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> how, how does it affect your children, your estate, your heirs, if we're in the middle of another great recession, they live to be 95, every economic thing is against us, the house is upside down 100 grand, 200 grand. Tell me, how does that affect the heirs or the estate? It's a great, it's a great lead in, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, all reverse mortgages are non-recourse loans. And what does that mean? Non-recourse means that neither you or your estate or your heirs are gonna be responsible if there is an overage. So I like, to, I like to look at it almost like gap insurance for your car, right? So you total your car, your insurance company cuts you, you, you owe $30,000, the insurance company says, well, your car is worth $20,000, here's a check for $20,000. What about this other $10,000 that I owe? Well, too bad, you owe that money. If you buy gap insurance, that gap insurance protects you so that overage, that $10,000 is covered, you're not responsible for it. Reverse mortgages has that, have that same type of non-recourse gap insurance on them. Uh, you're paying a fee for that insurance, you're paying 2% of the appraised value, and then there's an ongoing mortgage insurance premium that you're paying each year as well. That insurance is what makes the reverse mortgage non-recourse. So if you, if, if that scenario plays out and you're in your late 90s, you've used up all the money from your reverse mortgage, you, the value of your home, let's say, is worth $300,000, but you owe $400,000 on that reverse mortgage, you, your heirs, your estate, they walk away. 
walk away. So you've just, you've actually gotten one over <laughs> yes. on the reverse mortgage lending institution. Yeah. Uh, and the gap that that insurance is going to make it, make them whole. That insurance provided from FHA is going to make the lending institution whole. And so the, the concept that you're going to leave a debt to your heirs simply because you have a reverse mortgage just isn't the case. Right. Uh, I would argue if you structure the reverse mortgage properly and you couple it with other advanced planning strategies, you can actually wind up leaving more to your heirs because you took out a reverse mortgage. And that goes back to what I was talking about before in providing a hedge against sequence of return risks, using leveraging policies like a long-term care insurance policy to protect and preserve your other assets, to allow those assets to continue to grow, particularly in times where the market is good, but also when the market is on a decline, the last thing that you want to do is to pull from a depleting asset. And then That's you're right. going to deplete that asset in double the time. And so understanding that you have a lot of wealth in your home, likely that wealth represents the largest portion of your net worth. There are other options out there as far as long-term care, life insurance as well. You want, you're concerned about leaving a legacy, look into life insurance That's and then right. look into one of these life insurance policies that have a long-term care rider as well. There's just a lot of options that, that need to be presented in a clear and concise manner. Right, and let me be clear, because it's amazing how many people don't realize this. You know, the reverse mortgage is still a small fraction of the entire mortgage industry, it truly is. So for all you tens of millions of people that have a mortgage, a regular mortgage, a forward mortgage, you have signed personally for that mortgage, okay? A personal guarantee, what does that mean? That means when you're gone, and it's, and we hope that's not for a long time, and somebody from the mortgage lender calls one of your children, because let's face it, a small percentage of this country has an estate attorney. They're gonna be calling my older daughter, who you know, will be making decisions when, when I leave the planet. Um, and, they'll, and if we were in the middle of a recession, they're going to say, Tabitha, you know, your dad's $100,000 upside down in your house, on the house. Yes, I know. Can you pay that? Well, I'm not going to pay it. It's not my mortgage. Did dad leave any life insurance? Did dad leave uh, a portfolio? Is there anything in annuities? Is there anything in a savings account? They're allowed to do that. You have personally guaranteed that loan. In our world, Stephen, in my world, in the reverse mortgage world, they're not even allowed to ask those questions. Mom and dad could leave a million dollars in life insurance, but if the house is 100 grand over, 100 grand upside down, they can't touch it. They don't even have to know it exists. And it's amazing people, as much as we try and pound this out there, Stephen, they just don't realize that. Um, all right, I'm gonna do three statistics now that again, if we didn't know that the public didn't wrap their arms around reverse mortgages, you'd think we'd be doing 10 times more. 58% of, this is in this article, 58% of older adults in the U.S. have not changed residences in more than 20 years. Now that's the first statistic. And I have to tell you that took me by surprise, but I live in Florida, which is the retirement capital of the United States of America. The average age of a person in Florida, I think the last time I looked was somewhere around 106. Um, so, um, 
but maybe because I do live in Florida where people come to retire, that, that um, statistic threw me. 58% of adults have not changed residence in more than 20 years. Before I go on with the second statistic, what do you two think about that? Are you seeing that up north, out west, that people are in their home for 20 years? Because I sure as shit, sure as hell, don't see that here in Florida. <laughs> I, think, um, I, I think it speaks to an idea that's been held in America for many, many years, and that is the home is an important place. It's, it is emotional. It's where the family gathers. It's where the kids were raised. It's where we've had a, a later in life um, building of memories with a spouse and partner and, and, and kids even. And I think the takeaway for this subject, which is continuing to look at long-term care planning in the context of the home and reverse mortgages, people want to stay at home wherever that is. That's right. Home, as much of a home-like setting as possible. And that statistic just reinforces this idea that home and longevity, aging in place, safely aging in place um, is a really powerful concept for people. And it's another one of those you can't have both ways. You can't have the home and the home equity and the financial security you've built with everything else if all of a sudden you're having to put out five or 6,000 a month for part-time home care on top of everything else. Yeah, people do have to make a choice and sometimes that's rough on them, isn't it, Stephen? You know, I think, one thing that we've all learned the hard way uh, this year is home home is important. You know, we're all locked down in our, well, most of us, and Michael, you're in Florida. We Up up, up uh, north, we have a lot more, a lot tighter restrictions than you do down there. Home is, is a very important place. It's where the heart is, for sure. It's also where a lot of the wealth is, for sure. Um, you know, we, this year, we, we have had more conversations with adult children, uh, Folks that are my age, folks that are in in their you know late 30s, young 40s, even young 50s, uh, saying, you know what, we want mom and dad to age in a safe place. We don't want them to go into a nursing home. Uh, we don't want them to go into a long-term care facility. And there's a lot of nice, safe long-term care oh, facilities out there. But absolutely. with the COVID pandemic, I think there's more of a focus now on aging in place. Uh, we've partnered with a lot of renovation companies this year. We're helping to retrofit the home and, and use some reverse mortgage proceeds, use some of that equity in the house to make some customizations to the house to make it that safe place where mom and dad can live out the rest of their days. And, and so the adult children can have peace of mind that, yes, mom and dad are in a safe place or even building in-law suites. Um, design, we're, we're helping to design spaces in the house for uh, in-home care representatives to come in and, you know, whether it's, you know, building wheelchairs outside. And so home, home, owner, home ownership, being at home, it's all very important. Uh, and it is emotional. Now, what I've found being in, this is my 13th year of uh, doing reverse mortgages. I've been in the reverse mortgage industry for 13 years. When I first got into the industry, it seems like there was a lot more of an emotional attachment to the home. And I don't want to say that there still is that there isn't now. 
But I think this generation of baby boomer yes. realizes they don't have a pension unless they work for the federal government or, or some large corporation that's provided them with one. They need to get creative in how they're going to fund a robust retirement where they can maintain some level or improve their level of lifestyle. Um, so I, I think while there still is this emotional attachment to the home, it's not as deep of an attachment as maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Now, that was the first statistic. 58% of older adults have not changed residence in 20 years. Here's the one that says what we're doing here, and we're not the only ones doing it, but hopefully we're doing it better and louder. Here's the second statistic. 75% of those people who have been there more than 20 years say they have every intention to live in their current home for the rest of their lives. And those same people, the great, great majority of them, never want to be in a nursing home or in a facility. They would prefer to receive care at home. And, you know, and it just brings me that, back to that staggering thought that I don't understand and probably won't for my whole life is that why don't those people have a nice low-cost reverse mortgage so they can have an incredible long-term care insurance policy attached with a life insurance policy? And I, am I saying this right, Bill? Attached with a guaranteed refund of premium if they don't use it. I mean, I had so many people have said to me, and remember, I don't have an insurance license. What I know comes from people like you. Um, but when I bring up long-term care insurance, and because I have a passion for it, you know, and they go, but what if we never use it? It's such a waste. You have products, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, that return their premium? I mean, can you imagine right. saying in any other insurance, let's say my major medical, that it's 62 years old since I'm private pay, is $1,800 a month. That's for the next three years till I turn 65. It's a good thing business is good, okay? That's more than the average house payment in the United States of America. Can you imagine if Blue Cross Blue Shield said to me, oh, don't worry about it. If you never make a claim, we'll give it back to you. Are you kidding me? Yet right. that's what your industry does. I, I just, it takes the, now I know that rider, of course, it increased the price of the insurance. Right. But it takes all the risk away. I, I just don't get it why people aren't lined up in the streets with their favorite long-term care insurance person going, give me that product that if I never use it, you give me back all the money. Oh, and by the way, yeah. take the premium out of my equity in my house because I don't want to disturb the quality of my life. Oh, my God. Right. And, and, and here we're back to this idea that we have these tools that we can use to meet the needs, the desires, the wishes of clients to accomplish other things. I mean, one of the things that I say all the time, and it can kind of sound trite, but the policy is not the plan. The long-term care insurance policy is not the plan for care just like your life insurance policy isn't your estate plan, mm -hmm. the insurance policies provide the money so that your plans, like just like your investments do for retirement, so that your plans that you have for yourself, for your family, can live out, can play out the way that you want, intend, hope, even 
if you have this circumstance that none of us want, which is a need for care. But what if you need care and your spouse and your kids not only maintain their financial security, but your spouse and kids don't have to step up to be primary caregivers. They can be care managers because you got enough money, cash flow from the insurance to help pay for that care that they otherwise would provide or sacrifice the financial security uh, to provide. That's really the bottom line on, on, on long-term care insurance and, yeah. and the role it plays and how it supports these things. Staying at home, wanting to stay at home, aging in place, uh, and so on. I, I want to, and well, we'll go on. We've got uh, we've got some time. Ahead. Got, yeah, I want to bring up because you, know, you and Mark and I uh, had a great show about this a few months ago. You know, I was uh, I think it was a privilege, you know, to take care of my father the last eighteen months of his life, and the last twelve months were a little rough, but the last three months were rough. But um, you know, you brought up rather than being the, the caregiver the care manager and and sometimes to somebody that's never gone through it like me until until this happened 15 years ago my father i think in many cases in throughout the country the father the remaining spouse is the caretaker for the one that goes first so my father was the main caretaker for my mother but when my father was um sinking i became the main caretaker and uh, we had a close relationship. You both know I wrote a book about that. But I remember, I'm gonna, get, uh, I'm gonna get uncool here, but I remember the first time dad had you know, an accident in bed because he couldn't you know, make it to the bathroom quick enough and you know, I went in to help and I saw it as nothing. I mean, you know, there's a big strong man and he just didn't make it because he's moving slower. It was a good year before his death. He wasn't uh, immobile, he had all his uh, mental faculties, um, but he had this terrible, terrible look on his face as I was helping clean up the bed. And I went, what's the matter? Are you in pain or anything? You know, uh, it's just you shouldn't be doing this. I said, of course I should. This is what I'm supposed to do. You took care of me my whole life. This is, I want to do it. He goes, well, you may want to do it, but I don't want you to do it. This is not the way it's supposed to be. So, uh, you know, when you say you know, be a care manager rather than a caretaker. Uh, when we did decide to bring somebody in, and Dad didn't have long-term care insurance, I didn't know you guys then. Um, again, fortunately, business was good, and, and we could afford it. Most people couldn't. Uh, it, it's, a, it's amazing how it allowed me to go back to being the son who loves his dad rather than the son that might have to help him off the toilet because his legs weren't that strong anymore. Um, and we had a guest on about six months ago. I don't know if he wants me to name him, because he's a great guy, but he was, we were talking about sales pitches. And we always push here, we don't do sales pitches for reverse mortgages or long-term care insurance. They are tools, and if they are the right tool at the right price. But he said, Michael, I'll tell you how I close a lot of long-term care insurance policies. And I go, how's that? They go, well, my children, I have two daughters, and they'll help me if I get sick. He said, I say to them, um, close with your two daughters? Yes, very. They are insisting they take care of me. Think of one of your daughters giving you a bath. And they say, 
where, where's the policy? Where's the application? Where do I sign? You don't think about those things, but uh, like I said, your comment of uh, going from a caretaker to a care manager, uh, it made life much easier on dad. Eh, a little easier on me. I enjoyed taking care of him. But the more important thing was it made it easier on him to not have his son doing those things. Here's the thing, and all three of us know it because we've, we're studying each other's business and listening and learning from each other. Kids will take care of their parents. Spouses will take care of each other because we love these people and we want to make sure that they're safe. And it can be rewarding, and there's elements of it that are rewarding. But is that what you want as your primary plan? Because I will tell you, without an explicit plan for funding the professional help, the family and the kids are on the hook and all the emotional, if not physical, consequences, burdens that come with it uh, will be there. You know, when somebody says to me, well, my kids will take care of me, here's what I say. I look them straight in the eye and I say, of course they will. Let's discuss some ways to help your kids and your spouse take care of you better and longer. To take care of you on your terms versus the terms that are dictated by the disability or the impairment. Now, we're getting, you know, kind of philosophical here, but, um, and, and I think, and, and Stephen, you know, from your experience, I know we're seeing uh, reverse mortgages change in terms of, of the flexibility, all of the different dynamic ways that they can be used very creatively as part of an overall financial plan. But there's sort of two elements here I want to make really clear. It's possible to use a reverse mortgage to fund care, to pay for care, either from that monthly uh, payment or out of the line of credit. So that's one use of a reverse mortgage. And I think that's sort of what most people think of mm -hmm. when you say use a reverse mortgage to fund long-term care. It means paying directly for care. Yeah. But that's just self-funding. That's just self-insuring. Yes. You're using one of your own assets and your own money. That's okay if that's what you have to do. But then the other element, I think this new intersection that we're, we're talking about is using the reverse mortgage to fund long-term care insurance, which opens up even greater possibilities and flexibilities in a financial retirement, if not a state plan. Yeah, absolutely. No, without without a doubt. And I think uh, the last show that we were on together, we we talked about. Look, th there's there's a lot of ways that a reverse mortgage can help fund care, of course, but also that long-term care policy. The first way is if long-term care is going to cost you, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars per month, and I'm just throwing those numbers out there. And you have a mortgage payment, which is seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a month, a thousand dollars a month. The first thing that a reverse mortgage can do is it can pay off your existing mortgage loan, thus eliminating the mandatory mortgage payment. Now, you can make payments if you choose to. 
Right. That's where the flexibility comes in. A lot of our clients do. They make payments until they can no longer afford to do so or until they just decide later on down the road, why am I doing this? It, it doesn't make sense. I'd rather spend the money on other things. So that's the first way, eliminating the mortgage payment. But the second way is actually leveraging your home equity and converting that home equity into tax-free, tangible funds that now you can take and go fund a long-term care insurance policy. Uh, and you can take those funds from a line of credit. You can take cash out of the reverse mortgage and do it that way. You can turn on a monthly payment to be sent to you every month, and then you just turn around and send that monthly payment to the long-term care insurance company. Um, and you can also use the reverse mortgage to, again, I, I always come back to advanced planning strategies. We talked about it on the last show, delaying social security, mm -hmm. freeing up finances, maximizing your retirement nest egg, uh, living an intentional retirement, not, not a, oh, what do I do now? And it's a, it's a very reactional retirement. Um, but I think, and I know we only have a few minutes left here, this conversation, the, all of this education, it has to reach the folks who don't think that these things are for them, don't think they can afford the long-term care, they don't understand reverse mortgages. I think for most of those folks, they've done a pretty good job of wealth accumulation, wealth distribution, and where to distribute funds in retirement, to what, whether or not to fund a long-term care policy, whether or not to invest in the markets, to be in the markets at all, what type of risk tolerance to take. That's a foreign language to, I think, most baby boomers and most retirees. And I think that's where the financial planning community needs to come in. Because to me, this is all about the three pillars. You have your financial planning, you have your long-term care insurance, and you have your reverse mortgage or a traditional mortgage. A traditional mortgage can be used to pay for a long-term care policy as well. But they need to understand that there's options and the general public that may not look at these financial um, products as viable options for them need to just sit down with a professional and just understand them. Understand that distribution is very different than saving and putting money away, which you've done for the past 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. I, I think a takeaway, and you just made me think of this, uh, Stephen, a takeaway for people who are watching this show, let's say, uh, and are intrigued by this idea. How does it work? How might it work? Find, find a long-term care specialist, a reverse mortgage professional who will truly take the time to educate you even if the sale's not going to happen in a week or a month, but is just willing to invest in your education for the benefit of you and your family. Seek out those professionals and educate yourself. But here's what strikes me. If this is appealing or of interest, make sure you're pressing your other advisors to learn about it. If they dismiss it and say, oh, it's too expensive, or oh, you don't need long-term care insurance, or oh, reverse mortgages are a terrible idea, don't be afraid to say, I've been learning some things that are telling me very different. And it's sometimes hard for folks to say yeah. to a planner or a CPA or an estate planning attorney. Or, or your children. What it's, I think it's for, for most people, life, their, their children family. are their advisors. Have these open help. conversations with them. Not everybody has a financial planner. Yeah. True, right? Children, for sure. Yeah, I've always said, I've had people, and I don't know if you've had yet, Stephen, doesn't happen that often. We only basically have a minute, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. You know, where somebody says, my my children or my son or my daughter 
really don't want me to take the reverse mortgage. They want the house to be free and clear when I die. Now, my employees are not allowed to say this, but I, my comeback to them is, wow, I'm sure, I'm, I'm just so sorry you have children like that who are putting their inheritance in front of the, your quality of life. I mean, I'd like to just smack the shit out of those children. And they're probably my age or, or a little younger. All right, we got 39 seconds to go. I'm going to invite you both back very soon. Next week, I have one of the largest financial planning voices in the country, David Lickett. Okay, Licking on the Radio has tens and tens of thousands of downloads, and we are going to talk a little bit about financial planners and why they're not jumping in the long-term care world. And, um, Bill, I wouldn't be surprised to see you on that show, I'll really be honest with you. And maybe I'll Steven, be listening one and way maybe or the other. Yeah, maybe Stephen Sless. Thank you, guys. With 10 seconds to go, we're going to keep riding this out. In 2021, we're going to be doing speaking all over the country together. Thank you to our audience for being here. We appreciate it.